Welcome to Pick These Up, the podcast where three complete mental rejects talk about a topic way beyond their comprehension and try to come to a conclusion. Setting. Whoa! I got a great idea for the next segment. <coughs> Style one. One, one, two, three, pick. One, two, three, three D's. One, two, three, up. Okay, you're good at this, aren't you? Welcome to Pick These Up. First of all, I want to apologize to our listener for our long reprieve. We were on hiatus for retooling because we lost one leg of the stool on which our podcast sits. We had wills to read, and there was that funeral abroad we had to attend to, right, Ron? Remember? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you remember? Yeah. No. No, yeah. Julian, yeah. shut the fuck up. We're not even talking <laughs> to you yet. Look, you too. This is our storyline. Let us be, let us shine. I'm sorry, yeah. listener. I'm trying to build up a little. I'm trying to build up your entrance, jackass. Okay, so. <clears throat> you and I, Ruhan, we fought. With both the junior's father, Doctor Junior Senior, and his so-called best friend, what was his name? Uh, so sophomore, right? And you know what? And this is why I hate radio, you guys, because you can't see that I am using air quotes around the voiced words "best friend." Who should give the eulogy, right? Who should give the eulogy? Always leave that to be answered the day of, right? Am I right? Clearly, sophomore was not with Junior at the end, but you know who was? We were. We chatting right up until his untimely death. Their attack. More of a sexual assault, actually. Um, <laughs> which affected poor Junior with the bacterium Treponema pallidum. <laughs> Who's coughing? Which biologists like us know is what causes syphilitic meningitis or uh, neurosyphilis. <laughs> Rest in peace, Junior. Anyway, Ruhan, man, we burned a lot of bridges at that funeral, right? Jesus. Oh my god, you don't understand. One really bad thing about radio again is you can't see the level of hairline recession Mr. Davis has gone through. Oh, shit. (laughs) We didn't know if we should carry on without Junior, right? I mean, Junior really had a face for radio. And... What a set of pipes Junior had. He really had a voice that really put hair on what we were picking up. But once this Aussie caught our ears and our minds and our hearts, we looked back no further. Also, we really didn't want to have to remember another name, so we found someone with a similar sounding name, right? (laughs) Julian Junior. Say hello, Julian. Say hi. These nuts. <laughs> you know, we we really didn't want to remember another name, so we just decided that out of the two syllables Junior's name is made of, we just wanted to find someone with at least one common syllable. You know, more precisely, we're here to talk about how long do we want as a bunch of intellects talking together on a podcast? How long will we wait before murdering someone in a line? Uh... Ooh. That's it matters. Is is it, who it matters who it is, right? Obviously. Um, so their character. Um, but you can't know how, that from like standing behind them in a line, right? You can't. You can't. 
You can't size someone up. You've never had love I at mean, first sight. If they're literally Hitler, then yeah, go by all means, go ahead. But like, if if you can't tell that they, I'm his Christ, Christ, son. <laughs> I would like on milk latte. <laughs> Double latte no, like... with kraut. <laughs> kraut and creamy. Guys, guys, I'll join in the conversation when we turn to a Russian because, like, uh, German accent's not my strength. So you guys uh, can handle okay. this. Yeah, really, I guess anyone with a mustache, right? Stalin, Hitler. Yeah, yeah. Look at that here. Um, anyone with mustache, they're perfectly okay to murder. Is being accent man going to be my thing for this? <laughs> And our comments that we get from uh, all our shows thus far, what they really said, if you want more accents, can you do more personas? Oh, yeah, we, we get flooded. We get flooded by comments. Like, the sheer, the sheer amount of comments we get from our total 26 podcast listens is crazy. Love letters too. Just mailboxes flooded with them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. A lot of people, who, yeah, people who are into role play, things like that. We've done our own like um, statistical analysis, and we find that most uh, listeners seventy seventy five percent, eight out of ten, excuse me, they listen to us while they're having sex. So this is why and they they really appreciate it when we go into like you know, role play and stuff like that. If you can do uh, a, a Wilhelm of some sort, some kind of a World War One, uh, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. Um, My I, I like name to... is Dusseldorf and Schnitzel Westberger. Wait, guys, guys, I, uh, mm, uh, I'm just informing you from the statistics side of things. About 30% of our viewers or listeners, if I'm being more precise, are German. Oh shit! Uh, uh oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> right. Then we're really playing to them. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. Guys, make fun of the French. We're a niche podcast. Uh, yeah, bro. Two percent. Two percent. Two percent of our listeners are from France. What is going on, friends? How are you doing? Yeah, well, that's because Ruan keeps referring to his manhood, his little brother. <laughs> As he calls his DD as a as a baguette. So if you stop doing that, uh, we can get a little bit of French. Well, that's yours, Julian. <laughs> yours is a croissant. But uh, <laughs> because it's what it's not circumcised. Is that why it kind of like has a turtleneck there at the end? <laughs> <Is> it... <laughs> okay, let's move on. I, you know what I think? I think we've we nailed it. The people that should be murdered in line are us. If someone were acting like we were. <laughs> no, let, me, let me set the scene here, you know. You've been... You've, Sorry. Hey, Julian, are you, is your pneumonia okay? Can we continue with the podcast? No, I'm going to die of tuberculosis, but thank you anyway. Okay, cool. That it seems up, that's right? like a thing. My God, every person who takes on this third leg in the stool dies of some <laughs> early 20th century disease 
I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Julian. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Okay, so we're literally like 20 minutes in, and no, we can't use any of this. <laughs> this is all. I mean, we totally can. I, who cares about our audience? Can we get to the subject? We want to talk about murder for some reason. Let's do it. Julian, okay. what? Give me. A, you're the new guy. Let's let's just uh, throw you in the deep end here. You, you, you're. You, have you ever been in line with someone that you just wanted to, to just like motherfucker? Because I, I have a couple. No, of because I don't speak Chinese, so I can't understand anything of what they're saying. Um, I've been in a line where people are taking too long, and that kind of annoys me. But uh, I don't care. I I don't want to stab people who are in lines. I don't, I think I don't so now that. that was the that was the politically correct answer. Now let's talk about your actual feelings. No, that's true. I don't want to stab someone. I mean, obviously, I would never stab someone anyway. But I mean, I just don't get that pissed off when people are holding up lines. I mean, it's kind of annoying, but you know, it's, eh, there are better things to worry about. Here's what so I find interesting: reason. is that you gave a very like specific answer only in China. Only in China do you not want to kill people in line? So anywhere else, well, it's like anything goes. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. If I was back in Australia, Australian people are really annoying, uh, and they talk too much. So uh, if I was standing, well, I thought that was just Australian you. Person, no, that's every Australian. Um, uh, and if you were standing behind an Australian person in a line, um, and they kept going on about fucking whatever, I don't know. Um, then, uh, then yeah, uh, I might get a, an inclination to uh, shank them a little bit. But uh, not because they're holding up a line, just because they're being uh, talking and they're, they're being very annoying. Uh, and I hate their voice. And I hate everything. I'm sorry to point this out, but like considering the population density of Australia, where do you guys get long lines? Like at 7-Eleven or something? <laughs> 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 First of all, fuck you. Second of all, um, we we don't. I mean, it's less of the f- part of the long lines and more of the fact that Australian people, you know, that it's it's less of the fact that the line is long because there's a lot of people. It's long because nobody can just get their shit done quickly. It always takes like twenty fucking minutes for you to pay for your shit at fucking Woolworths. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ruhan, you know, t- time is relative. You should know this, right? The only <coughs> in the universe is the speed of light. You know, time. Time, it could seem like you could be there for two minutes. It can seem like an hour because there's someone who's really obnoxious. You know, I'm going to shoot up this whole place if I don't get my, you know, double burger. Hold that's the- a little bit more than obnoxious. That's, uh, that's I feel like that's, that's more, yeah, that's American. Right, right, right. That's, so that's what I'm saying. So that, that's a you problem. That's, that's a you problem. <laughs> Luckily, uh, this is the interesting point about the show is that even though all three of us are from countries, uh, I guess we, we've never been to each other's com- countries, right? I've never been to Australia. I have been to I have been to Australia once. You have been to Australia. What about you? Have you been to the U.S. or India? I have not been to the US or India. I have been to China, Vietnam, and some other countries, but that's about it. I've never left the Asia-Pacific zone. Mm, we, we, we've uh, 
all live in very low-profile pri- countries, so it's like uh, it's hard to even know anything about each other. Um, before oh, yeah, totally. America is a low-profile country? <laughs> Julian, there's such thing known as sarcasm. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, uh, no, Australia is pretty low-profile when it comes to the... I mean, like, you know, no, no one really pays that much attention to us. No, America loves the Australians. They love Australia. They've been... We've been dining out on you ever since we learned what was a knife and which wasn't a knife. And uh, well, I mean, it is, I mean, we are kind of we are part of the uh, uh, the United Association of America's Bitches, but um, <laughs> uh, we're, we're not. I mean, the American government obviously considers us uh, di- very big quotations vital strategic allies. Um, uh, but I feel like most most of the American population really doesn't give a shit. I can get most most people probably don't even know we fought in Vietnam with the Americans. I mean, dude, dude most American like, people don't know American geography. Do you think they know Australia exists? Exactly, that's what I'm saying, and that's the same for most of the world outside of like the Asia Pacific. Most people don't know where um, well, they don't know where Australia is, but they don't really pay too much mind to it. No, they just say like, what? Look at a part of the world that's lo- mostly ocean. There's Australia. This is... Yeah, exactly. It's like a, it's like I don't know, um, fucking Kenya. No one really cares that much about Kenya. What the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> Are you a huge what? Kenya fan? That's my first teaching job was in Kenya. A B. Oh. I uh. Um, I built a school there with a bunch of people. I, I didn't build it. I, I actually, I really mostly just built it. I literally mudded the wall. I, we used uh, old techniques. I'm serious. And then, uh, let's see. What else? Houses in Zimbabwe. I'll have you know. <laughs> and, and... Shut your ass, dick. All right. So I, um, I love Toto, you know. I mean, honestly, like, honestly, um, like talking as a collective here, Australia has it much worse than Indian America. Like, okay, let's, let's talk about the bad things about Indian America, right? America, we got guns, right? India, we got a lot yeah, of problems. Like, but there's a there's a serious conspiracy theorist group that believe Australians are upside down, and another one which believe Australia is propaganda by the UK. Yeah, but those are like mostly meme things. In terms of actual Australian people living in Australia, uh, we have it a lot better uh, than probably your average Indian person living in India. In terms oh, of yeah. economic status and healthcare. And, uh, you know, I don't know about healthcare actually. Like, the Indian public healthcare system isn't too bad. Go on, explain. This has nothing to do with killing people in line, by the way, but go ahead. I don't know anything about Indian healthcare. Um, I mean, no, let's not get into it. Um, anyway, Mr. Davis, our, our gun toting American from Arkansas who clicked in on us going, Oh, this one's about killing people in line. And they and they hear some Indian guy talking about the healthcare system in uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to 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 Joe from uh, from Arkansas. I'm assuming your name is Joe. Uh thank you for tuning in to our podcast. 
Uh, we'll, we'll get to the guns and violence eventually. Don't worry. Just hang in there. No, we'll get it really. to it right now. That's what I was getting into. So, If you broke your hand and you needed a cast, how long do you have to wait in line in Delhi? Oh, in Delhi? Like, if you go to a public hospital, they probably have, like... If you broke your arm and you need a cast, if you go to a good public hospital, you probably don't have to wait that long. No, because the private hospitals are very expensive. Plus, like, in India, you know, like, one thing that's surprising compared to other countries is that private hospitals aren't as well respected as government hospitals. Mm-hmm. Okay. But anyway, so- Mr. Davis, you know, we talked, to, we talked to Julian about his urge to, to kill someone waiting in a line. And he was, he was all about the shanking, you know, all about using his knife. But you come from a part of the world where you, you, you famously have guns available to the public. Do you think shooting versus shanking makes a difference on your take on this question? Well, I think it is an interesting point. I mean, my perspective, the first time I actually went, um, I left North America. I'd been to Canada when I was uh, a teen a couple times, and I went to uh, Mexico a couple times as a teen. It was like family trips, you know, but I never have left North America. So uh, until my 20s and the, um, I, you know, the first place I went to on the first time I left uh, North American soil, I, you know, I got arrested for brandishing a sword in public. Um, because apparently... <laughs> so it's like a, you know, it's like, it's not a gun, guys. What's going on? Relax. <laughs> you can't kill people with these. The, the, the charges got... In... <laughs> the charges got dropped. I, I'm still good in, in, in London. This was in London. South Kensington. Uh. The reason why I'm in China is because I got kicked out of Australia for uh, assault with a deadly weapon. The the deadly weapon being a 13th century crossbow. You really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn. No, no, no. Julian pulled out an actual kangaroo with boxing gloves on. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I showed up with my with my kangaroo with my with my the freaking. Middle Eastern Shanshir scimitar riding the kangaroo, just riding the battle like a goddamn Genghis the Khan. Like the, the bow and arrow, just riding on the kangaroo. Getting it back is to my American's perspective, which, by the way, this is something, of course, that'll annoy the hell out of a lot of people, but, you know, we Americans, we're individualists, we're not collectivists. And so, you know, when the biggest, you know, the pandemic really revealed this, this idea of like, um, uh, th- th- you know, you're going to tell me to wear a mask, you know, screw you, you know, it's my right to get sick. And it's kind of like this thing is like, yeah, maybe you won't get sick or maybe you're not going to get other people sick. But if we all do what you, what you feel is your right, that everyone, you know, we're, we're going to get, uh, we're going to kill people. People will die. And, uh, so this idea of what I, what, you know, trying to get what I want, you know, the American dream, I'm here for me type thing. And also uh, kind of like going for what's best for one another. Like there are aspects of that in me that are, that I, I feel like that individualistic nature. I'm like, I'm proud of it. And it, it comes out in the way of like how uh, I believe in freedom of speech, freedom to information, a freedom to have my own idea. 
all those things, and my my freedom to kill in the way I want. And I'm really offended by the fact that you think because I'm American, I'm going to want to kill someone with a gun. I would most likely want to strangle the life out of them and see the light go out of their eyes rather than you know shoot them in the balls. You know. Anyway. No, I I'm, I. I like no 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 totally I totally did not assume you would like to use a gun I thought you'd just take like some uh, bird food and check it, <laughs> check it towards someone so that a bald eagle could go up and, and finish the job. No, I would if I my murder will always be like. <laughs> <laughs> this sound. No, my I mine. <laughs> I can see yeah, a little like leather, a long leather leather glove that I have with a with a falcon walking in. No, 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 bald eagle, a bald falcon. eagle, bald eagle, yeah. Oh yeah, this this bird stands for freedom. Mister Davis, summon the eagle. For me, it's a it's a cutter. It's someone who's cutting. It's someone who's uh, just someone who thinks they are above the rules in some way. They could be as obnoxious people who as like. I've seen people who like stand at the counter talking on their phone without actually paying for anything. I feel like the long line problems in India are so much different to Australia or like America or even here in China. Yeah, what's going on? Like, I don't know because you've never been to India. You don't realize sort of the amount of people who get clustered in a single spot, you know, like India's just the second most populated country in the world and people are crazy about certain things one of those certain things being religion and you know like religious sites in india especially like hindu religious sites in india are excruciatingly crowded like i remember once as like a like a eight-year-old being in a line for over four to five hours in like some sort of temple Why is there just silence? <laughs> so explain the situation. I'm sorry. I, I think I fell asleep there for a little bit. So there, you were in a temple for four and four or five hours. Why were you there? I like because worship. Yeah, but you were in line to worship. You had to wait. To yes, worship? because waiting to worship. Yes. That that does suck. because that sounds awful. Can't you worship in line? You, you can, but people want to see the authentic rock. Venetia is, you know, he, he's with you always. Is that one? Not when I was eight. So you had to go in there to see the statue in order for you to feel the vibe. It's not even a statue. It's like I don't even know what exactly it is. But it's just crazy that so many people are so devoted to something that they would stand in line. Would you give offerings? Is that you had to be there because you had to give offerings, like an orange or something? Or? No, the idea is you just want to see the like the authentic rock or the authentic like candle that's been burning every day since whenever. Yeah. Wow. And which reminds me, guys, we need to start thinking about merch. Uh, you know, we need we need to get a rock. We need a nice long long burning candle. I think we could really sell that. 
No, I think we can sell Mr. Davis shooting a bald eagle at like an Australian Julian. And him just standing there with like a kangaroo with boxing gloves, like just punching the eagle and the eagle like dodging. Yeah. <laughs> that should be our logo. Shoot with the bald eagle. There's a Julian riding a kangaroo, and then like you are just waiting in line. <laughs> <laughs> No, I should be, I should be, I should be, I should be eating spices. How do you eat a spice? Is it with a spoon? Uh, you <laughs> put you it straw? on food. Since it with the halfway mark, I feel like we should get on topic and talk about um, taking uh, someone's life, you know, having that, having that sort of a power. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when we talk about. Just 30 minutes into the podcast. <laughs> when is like, you know, justifiable homicide? Like when is, does that exist? I think that the state should never convert, commit violence onto its own citizens. Uh, or more specifically murder onto its own citizens. Uh, at least intentionally. Like, no, just, uh, just, just playing devil's ab- advocate here, right? Like if an individual has circumstantial justification for murder, why can't a state have like circumstantial justification for murder? Well, because the state's justification for murder is never circumstantial. Like, I mean, uh, sure, like a cop shooting a guy who was trying to run at him with a knife, that's, I mean, that's, I suppose, justifiable killing by the state, but I mean, like, in an official capacity, like, well, basically what I'm talking about is the death penalty. I think the death penalty shouldn't exist. So then what should happen to murderers? They should go to prison and, and stay there. Okay. Well, the whole point of prison is rehabilitation, at least. I think it should be. <laughs> well, it should be. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, how do you know that? You got to do a well, test run. Like, you put them in a room with a with a dummy that has, like, a recording going on and just see if the guy kills it, tries to kill <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have systems for this. Like, we have, you know, paroles and uh, stuff like that. There's a reason why uh, families who there's a reason why parents whose kids have been murdered don't decide whether or not the murderer gets the death penalty. Laws should be based on um, morality, not emotions. I believe in uh, moral anti-realism or moral unobject- moral subjectivity, where I derive my ethics from a utilitarian framework. So, whatever hurts. The less people, whatever hurts the most people is bad, and whatever helps the least people is good, is what I'm saying. Giving a death penalty to a person who's more likely to cause a chaos or sorrow in, to a majority of people compared to its one self, would that be more moral? I mean, even even if you decide that someone is too dangerous to exist in the public world. That's still no reason to kill them. We have life sentences for a reason. Also, to like, um, America has the death penalty, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Australia and Britain do not. Yet, proportionally, more murders happen in America than probably Australia and Britain combined. So you're saying using the death penalty as a, a like a a repellent. To like, well, I better not kill. Yeah, deterrent. Yeah, I better not kill someone because I'll get killed by the government. 
Um, exactly. Or it's saying that we have to kill this guy, otherwise he might kill more people. Neither of those are statistically, in fact, they're statistically disproven. Yeah, I, I agree. The death penalty is not doing anything to, to solve the cultural, there's a cultural problem with um, uh, gun behavior in, in America. Thing and more of a socioeconomic thing. Mm. Even if guns were banned, probably less people would get killed in America, but people would still get killed in America, murdered more than Britain or Australia, because it's mostly a socioeconomic thing. But I think there's the the immediacy of the gun is is well, has, plays a plays a major part uh, in that. A so, knife is, I mean, probably not just. Is, you can kill someone with a knife almost as well as you can with a gun, right? It, it it certainly is a factor, and um, I mean the immediacy. I disagree. Of- I disagree. I, I mean, I, I, I um, let's see. I like if you're- I've used I used knives before to like gut fish and stuff like that. I haven't like um, uh, uh, let's see. I've not killed like a farm animal with a knife or anything like that or an axe, um, but. Uh, but I, I've also fired a gun before, and those experiences, for one, you can fire – there's like – there's different types of crimes. There is the – there's the murder, and then there's like the mass shooting, right? And like um, – Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You can't do a mass shooting with a knife. That's that's not what I'm saying. Like the, 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 the number of mass shootings in America would certainly be lower if they banned guns. Mm-hmm. But I think you can do things like you can't do a knife buy, right? You can't, you can't like going down. You're not driving down Compton and throwing a bunch but of knives across the street. If, you know, if, if you want, if you need to hold up a liquor store because you're out of money, then uh, you can do that with a knife. I will agree with Mr. Davis on this point, not only because of the reasons mentioned, but. You know, with a gun, the idea of just pressing a trigger is so much more instantaneous than getting close and personal and stabbing someone. It's just stabbing someone seems much more intimate in a way. Like you have to be, you have to make a conscious decision of driving something into someone rather than just pressing a trigger two, three feet away from them. Yeah. Okay. But, but okay, here, let's go. I want to go back. Also, uh, we could I mean, because we're kind of getting away. I mean, I agree with you. There, the there's who has the right to say uh, this person is so fucked. We take away his life. I wish there was some other. No offense, another like we found another Australia, and we could just take those people, and <laughs> remove them. <laughs> no, but I, my my problem is that that there's the amount of money that's gone into the prison system. Um, and, and let me also make it clear that not America, not all of America has the death penalty. And there's also different types of death penalty. Like certain states have outlawed the electric chair because it's inhumane. Yep, that's so good. Like, Except so, the thing is, uh, lethal injection, um, I watched a, a great John Oliver bit about this. Lethal injection isn't like that much more humane. I mean, it's certainly more humane than the electric chair, but it's not that, it's not as humane as people make it out to be. Like, um, if, if something goes wrong during a procedure, like the anesthetic isn't administered properly, which happens a lot, or if the anesthetic is too weak, then it could be, like, incredibly painful and slow death. 
Um, and because they, it's also a similar uh, administer a paralytic so that you don't convulse um, to yeah. purely for the ease of the people watching it. Uh, if something goes wrong with the anesthetic and you feel yourself dying from the lethal injection, you can't protest because you're being paralyzed. So that's horrible. I would say that the noose, the firing squad, or even the guillotine are more humane than that. And they certainly get the message across better. Yeah, I think the the French had it great. That whole just like that was just that was a great idea. As long as there was enough gravitational force coming down to cut through the the neck, that's just spot on. And uh, you're you're literally severing the nervous system. It's perfect. Um, but anyway, I, I certainly think the death penalty is definitely not humane or a justification to kill someone. Okay, but we are getting off the topic because we're trying to th- we're trying to think of a situation where it is okay. So we're in agreement. That's not an option. The government does not have the right to kill people. Um, here, what about self defense? No. Uh, well, hang on. I was going to say one more thing. One more aspect of <laughs> uh, the law, and I don't know if this is a thing. Also, I don't I don't know if this is in Australia or in India, but the the defense of temporary insanity. What do you, what do you think of that? Is that I, we had a first case in 1859? This guy named Sickles got uh, Dan Sickles, yes. Yeah, 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 Dan yes. Sickles, who would later go on to be uh, a general in the United States Civil War, who was also like one of the craziest fucking generals of the entire war, and my a congressman. He's a congressman. He was really, dude. Damn, yeah. Dan Sickles, my boy, absolute giga chad. So, do you think that's bullshit? Actually, you know what? Can I tell the story? Can I tell the story? Because I know it. Wait, wait. Just let me ask a quick question before this. So, I know the basics of the... the What is it called again? The, the insanity, insanity defense. defense. Okay, right. So, I know that in a court case, if you present this argument, you can be exempt from your action due to some sort of a diagnosis of a psychiatric disease, right? But does that mean that you are put into like a psychiatric ward or do they just let you like go back into society? <laughs> well, it's temporary, I guess. Uh, I mean, this guy became a congressman. Uh, and, a, and a general. They let him into the so, army. <clears throat> so they let you go back into society after yeah, you are diagnosed... No, but, like, do they make sure that you are now currently mentally sane before they do that? I don't even know. Dan Sickles uh, was a dude in the 19th century who, um, who, when, when he was, when, he, when he, got, he got married, right? And then he found out that his wife was cheating on him, right? He was, she was having an affair. So he decided that he was going to just walk up to the, she, he, he, like, I think he planted a love letter from her affair, and then when she went to meet the dude, um, the dude was there, but she wasn't, and instead he was there, and then he walked up to the dude, pulled out his pistol, and shot him point blank in the chest, and then he died. So, obviously, he got taken to court for first-degree murder, um, and then, uh, his, he and his lawyers pleaded temporary insanity, and he got off scot-free. And then he would later go on to become a general. 
in, at Gettysburg. At Gettysburg, yeah, which he completely failed. Like, he was like, no. The insane have the right to kill people, basically. That's what it's saying. I don't think temporarily insane people exist. I, I think that's a made-up term invented by people who are trying to get away with murder. So, no. I don't... I wouldn't say anything about that because I'm, I'm not really sure. But, like, if I were asked if this was a valid law, I would say that if you take that person away and put them in a mental asylum for proper treatment instead of a prison that it might sound, like, a bit better, but, like, just allowing the person to get back into society, like, scot-free, it's a bit suspicious. So, all justifiable homicide is crimes of passion. Is that what we're getting at? Or self-defense? One of those two? Or- um, I mean, I don't think crimes of passion are justified at all. Uh, like, if your wife cheats on you, that doesn't give you the excuse to kill her or the person she's having an affair with. Okay, um, I should be. I should be a little bit. I'm. I want to generalize that. I don't mean like passion. Like it was for love. If I went and met Putin for some reason right now, and I just killed him, yeah, he hasn't done anything to me. Uh, to all of our listeners, anyone who assassinates world leaders that are dictators uh, is good to go. You, you have the you have the Julian Andrews seal of approval. Can, uh, be it known. That today, on the 17th of April, 2022, Julian William Armstrong Andrews condoned the murder of dictators. Thank you. Goodbye. Also, if you if you do not believe that dictators were the scum of uh, politics, you very rightfully so should fuck off from the podcast. Yes. I'm, so, I'm Let's sorry. Continue. This just came in. I just got, um, uh, yes, I got a message. This will be, oh yeah, uh, Julian Andrews will no longer be podcasting, what does it say? Oh, a direct order from all dictators. Hang on, I'm just... Oh, yeah. no. Someone's at my door, I'll be right back. <laughs> Out the window! No, also, wait, um, just going back to the temporary insanity oh, thing. Like... On. We've lost two now. This is really weird. It's, it's the it's the pig D's up. Julian Andrews. <laughs> I, I am here to do the do the podcast. Um, I would also like to retract any of my previous statements. Um, dictators are not dictators; they are uh, democratic leaders. And also, the death penalty is 100% justified against anyone I do not like. Thank you. Yes, I agree. More questions, please. Fair, fair elections all the way across the board. I, I know. Yes. In the 17th election in a row. Thank you. With 210% majority vote. <laughs> hey, okay. All right. <laughs> Oh. oh, yeah, dead air. That's a good thing. You know, um, I, I just want to say that's why we picked Julian. It's that voice. See, we, we know how to pick him, Rohan. Do you hear that? That's just perfect for, for podcasting. Hello. 
Wait, what? I, I, I didn't catch the last part. really lost the feed there. Um, okay, let's get back on track. It's been... Yeah, so I, I have one thing to say. I don't know. Will I get canceled for this on Twitter? But I feel like... Twitter? No. But I feel like in the current... <laughs> Preemptive cancellation. <laughs> well, I feel like with the current atmosphere, like, people will just... Just uh, if I say something mildly wrong, they will just wait for me to create an account and cancel. Yeah, you're in the you're on the blacklist. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Right. So basically, I I wanted to say it's that you know the justification. With Julian, it's with your close ties with Julian Andrews, who's obviously a uh, Russian informant. Uh, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. I am from Australia. Australia. Sound it out, you can do it. <laughs> Australia. Yes, okay. Opa, let's go. From Australia. Okay, no, like, I'm serious now. Okay, yes, please. Okay, so according to a Cornell Law School, in a criminal trial, temporary insanity is a defense that can be raised to assert that. At the time of the commission of the offense, the defendant, as a result of severe mental disease or defect, was unable to appreciate the nature or wrongfulness of the defendant's acts. Now, I personally think that this is a complete bullshit reason to sort of rule someone innocent, right? Like, if the whole idea of criminal, like, just, like, acknowledgement or charging someone for something revolves around their appreciation for the wrongfulness. It, it's just a bit hand-wavy to me. Anyone, like, a large majority of people who commit murders probably don't think that it's the worst thing they're doing. Also, I mean, like, is, is any of this, like, proven by psychologists that this can happen? Is there any data on this that this is? I don't know, but I'm currently just reading like the actual quotes from the actual law on this. Uh huh. Mm. But I mean, and if, it's just... ta- if this doesn't have like a psychological, scientific justification basis, and it's just because Dan Sickles decided that he was justified in shooting his fucking wife's affair lover because he was temporarily insane at the time based on random science from the 1850s, then I really don't think this should still be a law in the books. I was being prescribed too much mercury during that time. (laughs) Also, also the opium. You're forgetting the opium. And the the absolute fuck ton of opium that I was on. (laughs) I learned learned that day. When I saw that bullet go into that man, I knew that day. Never opium and mercury. This guy was a union uh, general, by the way. We should not be using this accent. We should be doing more of an... Uh, Whatever. I can't a, do a northern Yankee A transatlantic accent, so. thing. Uh, maybe. Hey. Yes, let's please move on. I want to find out when is it okay to kill someone. Because we haven't found it yet. You, you can't be temporarily insane. You can kill dictators. Apparently, Julian said it's okay to kill dictators. It depends. Like, I derive my morals from a utilitarian basis. If shooting someone allows you to uh, stop people from getting hurt, more people from getting hurt. Like, okay, shooting Hitler in 1933 stopped 6 million Jews from dying. 
theoretically. Um, therefore, that's probably a moral thing. Uh, same thing with shooting a Taliban member, even though he might not directly kill other people, if you, shooting that Taliban member uh, advances the um, prospect of defeating the Taliban as a whole, which is a moral thing because the Taliban are bad. Right, so like that, neither of these are a direct threat to you yourself. If you shoot Hitler, but the Holocaust happens anyway, you're still not morally wrong for shooting Hitler. Mm. The yeah. thing is, though, again, this situation, right? Yeah. Like, if you strangle Hitler as a baby, you have effectively... You have not really killed, like, the Hitler we know, but you have effectively strangled a child. <laughs> yeah, but that child, if not strangled, would have killed six million Jews, so I'm... Fine. No, but the thing is, you don't this, this know This is actually that. leading towards my... I want to get to as well, like, abortion. Like, to me, I believe that's totally killing babies, and I think women have a complete right to kill <laughs> the babies. I think it's, uh... I think it's a-okay. <laughs> so, abortion is killing babies. But that's perfectly fine. I don't care. <laughs> Come on! You know? No, but, like, can we get back to the whole killing someone? Like, because, you know, we can say this very easily retrospectively, right? But if I could come up with a valid enough reason to shoot Julian in the face, I have effectively killed Julian Andrews of 2022, not what he was going to be. I mean, time travel doesn't exist, so really this whole question doesn't really have any... I mean, it's, it's I guess it's useful to... For, deriving a moral framework, but it's really not useful when it comes to political praxis, because we can't go back in time and shoot Hitler. Yes. No, but the thing is, again, like, if your morals are based off of, like, utilitarian realism, right, when, like, how, like, killing Hitler in, after the Holocaust was done, right, that is, that completely makes sense to me, but you have not really prevented anything from happening in that case. Well, no, you like, have. You have by killing Hitler after World War Two. You have prevented him um, from becoming killing like, his wife. Uh, <laughs> well, you have prevented him from rallying support again and doing the exact same shit all over again. I mean, this is this is. I mean, this whole Nuremberg trial stuff is the only instance when I think that whole deterrent argument is actually valid. Because killing um, world... We, we have, it happened after the Civil War. In the South, uh, after the Civil War was over, the Union government decided not to um, try and execute um, or even jail former generals. And you know what happened? They all joined the fucking KKK. Well, again... Right? Like, that happened. So, we, from a future perspective, but, can say that one that, thing was that, that justified. That situation is an example you can pick on to say, this is what happened when we did this, this is why we need to shoot the Nazis, because otherwise they'll might, they might do the same thing, or they'll probably do the same thing, because there's no reason why they wouldn't. No, but, like, again, like, if you're talking about morals, or if you're talking about something so intrinsic, like, life you know like can we can we work can we work with uh, a human making predictions about someone else's uh you know growth 
someone else's progression. Now, what about Colonel Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards? He, you know, he's the true. I haven't seen that movie. Oh, I think it's on Netflix right now. You should just get off the podcast. Why don't you take a quick <laughs> hundred twenty minutes? Two hour break. <laughs> take a two hour break. Come on back when you're done. We'll talk about it. But this well, here, here's the thing. So the end. You want me to spoil the ending for you? Um, I mean, I can tell that he probably dies by the way you're talking about him so far. I'm not going to tell you the ending. Okay, uh, it's a, it's a little different. Um. But uh, kind of a social death, okay. but that's moving on. Uh, so moving on, indeed. I have a question. I have so, a question. Yeah. Do we think that the atomic bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki was justified? Mm. Oh Jesus! Christ. I do not. Eighty eighty thousand. Uh, One hundred thirty-five thousand. For I think Hiroshima and sixty-four thousand for Nagasaki. I think those are the. Yeah, a hundred thousand, a hundred thirty-five and sixty-four thousand, and that's what I got. Uh, yeah, two hundred. And then again, like this, this was just the immediate casualties. Uh, ninety nineteen to twenty-four kilotons. That's almost nothing. Nuclear bombs nowadays are measured in the megatons. Um, yeah, Nagasaki but that's still a lot of radiation. That is still a lot of radiation, um, and it definitely did. It definitely did a lot of damage. Uh, but was it justified? Is the question. I don't think so. Adam, like to me, it's not only about the bombings, but also about the development of an atomic bomb, right? Because as you all know, like. I'm, like, the science person, I guess. And personally speaking, or at least from the people who I have looked up to in the science community, the people who my thoughts are based on, I personally think that science is something that should not be used as a way to harm someone else. And, you know, like, that's just my moral or ethical perspective on science. It's, and the whole idea of even developing an atomic bomb gunpowder, give me a break. So how should you kill someone? You're just saying no killing them. I guess, yeah, mainly. But like my the thing is though, the idea of developing a science for the main purpose of developing a bomb that could would only be used to harm others, it's very different from having a knife or a stick that could be used for several different things. The, the, the discovery of the concept of nuclear fission, I believe, has no issues. But the use of that concept to primarily construct something for destruction, for not, not for destruction, because I feel like, for example, like if you go back to the more simpler example, like dynamite was not initially created to act as a bomb to kill people. Dynamite was created for construction purposes, but an atomic bomb was very specifically created as a way to threaten and or kill people in time of need. Well, you can do construction with an atomic bomb. What are you talking about? No, you can't. You can use nuclear fission in a nuclear reactor, but Oppenheimer and the whole Manhattan Project and whatever Germany was working on was not intended for constructive purposes. Well, 
I mean, an argument could be made that uh, the technology already existed, the bomb was already invented, so it was less of an argument about, the, the moral argument about the atomic bombs wasn't about them being made or them being used. And, I mean, I'm not making this argument, but it could be made <laughs> that uh, um, allowing the bombs to be used on um, people uh, allowed... Uh, for the, the the true horrors of what atomic bombs can do to be exposed. Now, that is no reason to drop bombs, drop radiological weapons on a, thousands of, hundreds of thousands of innocent people. But um, it's certainly a factor. When your argument is that we shouldn't make tech designed for mass extermination of people, the tech already existed. Ruan, you gotta, ch- you know, check... Check your sources, because what I learned is that the atomic bomb was first used for euthanasia purposes. Wasn't the idea that they were just, <laughs> just going to send a big <laughs> plane out <laughs> up there in the troposphere and just blow them up? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's how it works. Yeah, that's that's what happened. That yeah, was, yeah, that's, that's, that's what that's what Einstein said. That's what we could be used for when he wrote the president. That's what, that's that's what Oppenheimer said. Wait, that's a, why he said, "I am become well, death for our world," because he invented a, an advanced euthanasia method. Oppenheimer was all about the bomb killing Japs. We all know that. All right, but now, but but Einstein wrote the president before. You know, he spearheaded accidentally the, the Manhattan Project and said this could be something used to really get rid of all those people who want to die. There's a lot of sick people in America. I have an uncle. He's we got... just put them all in Canada and blow it up. No, because uh, just thinking factually, like Einstein, Einstein only got his Nobel Prize for the photoelectric effect, which was basically the start of the whole atomic revolution, and he and he denied any money or any recognition from that uh, Nobel Prize because he knew it was going to be used for destructive purposes. Right. I know. I'm, I'm kidding. Also, there were many assassination attempts on Einstein because uh, the Germans thought he was involved in the Manhattan Project, but most times they, yeah. And boy, but he was an easy target with that hair. You know, you could just see him. You can see him down the road. You can see. You can and there's actually a story of a of a spy who was given uh, instructions to murder him, but he didn't in a lecture because of the fact that Einstein was so passionately against. Uh, well done, well done, assassin. Let's, uh... Save the world, but um, well done, Nazi assassin. You saved the world, but uh, what? Okay, so Here, here's I, the thing. So I, you're trying you're trying to weigh the cost, you know, it's like the cost benefit analysis. It's like you're throwing a, a ping pong ball into a bunch of mouse traps, right? And then just do, 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 and you're getting this like chain reaction. The thing is though, it's literally just going right on top of a bunch of families, business owners, you know. It's just going on just humans who are just happen to be in Japan. They're not, it's not like it's, it, it, it's such a huge force that it's, you can't really, you can't titrate it to a point where like, I need to like kill this weapons, like armory, like warehouse. You, you, you know, it's either like we got, it's the, it's the city or nothing, right? It's, it's all or nothing. And that so, is. Okay. Can I, I, I sort of I flip flat I flip back and forth 
on this specific issue a little bit. Really, for me, it depends on whether... Uh, whether this is going back to the whole judging history by now. It depends on whether or not the um, the... The, the atomic bombings really did um, compel Japan to surrender, and without them, they wouldn't have. Because yeah, they warned them. They warned. You're right. They sent letters. They said, "Hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna fuck you up." Like they didn't either believe it or they said. This is you know, pretty much the ultimate question of you know the greater good utilitarian morality, because um, if so. The, if Japan, if the if the atomic bombs didn't force Japan to surrender, um, then if like this is a hypothetical scenario, if Japan didn't surrender with the atomic bombs, or if the U.S. didn't drop the bombs and Japan didn't surrender, um, then the U.S. would have had to have commenced a ground invasion of Japan. This was called uh, yeah. Oper- Operation Downfall was the code name for this right. hypothetical thing. And the, the US Joint Chief Staff, the top brass at the time, calculated that a potential 2 million American soldiers could die during the totality of this invasion. That's huge. And that's not even mentioning the Japanese soldiers and the Japanese civilians. So, like, the, the, the amount of people who died in the atomic bombs that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, if they didn't happen, and if Japan was, wasn't was compelled to surrender by anything else, like the Soviet invasion of Manchuria, which is a possibility, they could have surrendered because of that, but we don't know, um, then, and the US had to invade Japan from the ground, then the, the casualties from that would have been overwhelmingly more than... Uh, the casualties that dropping atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki could have ever achieved, even if like they were their most fatal. Yeah, two million. Wow. I think that was the statistic. That's insane. Well, I'm... two hundred thousand versus two million. You are what? God, we're just like we're we're quantifying life, but yeah, but it's ten percent. You know. Ten percent of what would have been lost. I think Technically, like- dropping the bombs. I mean, honestly, this is going to sound really crude and, and crass, but dropping the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki probably saved more Japanese lives than a ground invasion would have. By using the bomb, does it make other countries not want to use it because they see the destruction it could cause, or is it makes them more justifiable to use it because someone else has used it? Get my question. Um, I I think uh, I think it, it's it's def. I, I mean I I wouldn't know. Um, probably <laughs> I think it it might be the first one because just seeing how destructive uh the weapons can be would probably compel you not to use one. I mean, mm-hmm. but historically there have been examples of that second instance happening, like with with chlorine gas in World War One. Yeah. Um. Like there was a treaty, the Hague banned the use of chemical warfare, but then the Germans used them in Belgium, so then the French used them, so then the British used them, so then the Russians used them, uh, and then everyone was using chemical weapons in World War One. But I think, I think with with nuclear weapons, it sort of transcends that because, uh, you know, nuclear weapons can literally wipe out an entire country. It's it's mutually assured destruction. Chemical warfare doesn't have mutually assured destruction. It's just very, it's just a very horrific weapon. 
Like, okay. without 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 an example of how destructive nuclear weapons are, there wouldn't be mutually assured destruction because people wouldn't know if there would be that much destruction because there would be no example of it. I don't think you need an example to know how much destruction an atomic bomb would cause, like this thing. Maybe. Because it's but pretty that's, hard science. That's not, that's not my argument for why the atomic bombings might have been just what well, my I, argument is. Hey, 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 but Iran, before 1945, I don't think it was comprehensible, except for maybe those who had been witnessed a couple of atomic testings. I don't think people had an, even, couldn't even comprehend like the devastation. No, I'm pretty sure the people who worked on atomic bombs had full well idea how they would explode. They even exploded them yeah, in yeah. the most efficient place. They didn't even drop them. Like all the way no, to the ground. No, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. Those people understood, but I'm talking about the rate, no, but, like masses. Nuclear weapons are more deadly when they're dropped when they're dropped from the air because it gives more shrapnel and radiation. What well, the idea that um we needed this example so people know how destructive nuclear weapons are is a bogus argument, and it's not it doesn't justify nuclear weapons. What does justify it is the idea that more lives would have been lost if we hadn't done it. Mm. No, I just have a more crude understanding of just using science as a means of uh, weaponization. And I feel so, like okay. the, the use of atomic okay, bombs okay, is just okay, so unjustified. Okay, so Ruhan's like, if there's technology involved, you know, I guess Ruhan's like, the only type of murder I believe in is uh, killing you with kindness. That's All right, I want to dedicate this episode to Junior. God rest his soul. Um... You know, everyone's got, you know, what they do in their own private time, that's their business. And, you know, I, I always thought it was really weird. Junior really liked those hikes. He liked the hike. And I was like, he always comes back with, like, scratches on his back and stuff. And I was like, but I never asked any questions. But I think he just, you know, he just went in too deep. Too deep down that rabbit hole. <laughs> you gotta watch out for that syphilitic meningitis, man. That will get you every time. Uh, every told time. I know. They should put that on, like, warning signs when you're about to do, like, a hiking trail. Beware of yep. bear-induced syphilitic meningitis. Um, now he's a cautionary tale. Yeah. Poor guy. But on this funny. positive note, I would like to say, s listen to you guys, or you listen to us later. We'll hopefully be releasing more podcasts. Please give a warm welcome to Julian, our newest edition. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, I love all of you. Uh, hopefully next episode is less math, de math death related.